We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to week 13 of the Prime Points Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine, uh, joined by my co-host. We've got Jake Tribby from FantasyPoints.com. We've got Graham Barfield from FantasyPoints.com. Uh, Jake, I want let me see your fingers. I heard last week that Scott had you chained to your desk until your fingers <laughs> bled. Writing reports, are they okay? Yeah, my, my fingers are fine. I still got still got all of them. Uh, yeah, the Thanksgiving slate breakdown is always a pretty pretty big endeavor but you know got got through it and uh yeah got got uh some time with family a little bit of time off from the main slate as a reward so uh really appreciate scott filling in for me i thought that was uh that was great of him yeah I, well he needed you to write those articles so that's the, <laughs> that was, that was the number one it was a, it was a fair trade-off the number one thing yeah. on scott's mind uh graham what's up dude not much man yeah excited to talk ball with you guys as always week 13 lucky number 13 this week We've got a uh a fun 10 gamer uh three uh, six teams out on bias with three fewer games. Some good quarterbacks out on bias. So a little more of a condensed slate. Uh, excited to chop it up with you guys. Yeah, the season-long slates. Some teams are very – I was looking through a couple of leagues that I'm in. Very, very, very not good this week because uh, all your basically everybody on your roster is out on bias. So the teams that uh, set it up that way, not too great. But uh, lots of fun stuff to talk about here. I want to talk about a couple of takeaways for me. I have one on a player level and one on like an – NFL level uh, and I'll start at the player level and we've known like Keenan Allen has been a good to great wide receiver for several years but he is the Los Angeles it's the Los Angeles Keenan Allen's man this dude is doing everything for this offense right now Quentin Johnson looks like an all-time bust so far as a number one pick here we've got uh, nobody else in that offense can catch a football Austin Eckler he's either injured or or old. I mean, this dude, he was running in quicksand a couple of weeks ago. There's still no speed. There's no receptions. There's no yardage. There's no explosion from him. So Keenan Allen is putting this entire offense on his back right now. Now, I was on the Ravens last week, so I'm thankful that uh, the Chargers as a whole managed to, uh, of course, charger the game away, and the Ravens were able to come out and cover the three-point spread. But, man, I know we got Tyreek Hill on the slate. 
and Jake, I, I know you wrote it up. It looks really good. But, man, Keenan Allen is balling out, and I think we need to give this guy some props. My other take is more of like a team level in the NFL draft. And, you know, we're seeing it, and maybe you guys can sort of give me your thoughts on this. But, man, the, the Panthers, this is like a wasteland for, what, two, three years? They have no first-round pick. Unless Bryce Young does a complete 180 with a new coaching regime at the end of the year. It's possible, right? And and he has to continue that into next season. Without the draft capital, the, the teams, and I don't know if it was led by David Tepper, you see him, you know, trying to to rally the troops after he fires Frank Wright in his press conference. I don't I don't even know. Was that even good for him to have to come on and do that? I mean, that's just that's like a, a fire, if you ask me, waiting to happen. But you don't trade up to the first pick and leverage DJ Moore, right? Not like the absolute best wide receiver, but he is an, an extremely startable wide receiver for basically any team in the NFL. You give up two second round picks. You give up a first round pick next year for not Peyton Manning, for not Andrew Luck, right? You only do that when you trade up to the top pick for those level of prospects. And as good as CJ Stroud is doing this year, no one really expected that, right? It was sort of a toss up. It's just these teams get on the clock and they just, they're so pressured to, to try to, do something and we know David Tepper tries to he, he he has to do something with the Panthers that's just who he is as a person it did not work out for him the Bears just absolutely hoodwinked them in the trade what are your guys thoughts on you know like this year right I think this year right if you could trade up to the number one you would do a deal but you're not going to be able to because the teams at the top are going to realize there's there's going to be no deal good enough for Caleb Williams or whoever else is going to be competing up for that top spot what's your guys take on some of these trades we see on draft day. I know in the dynasty leagues we're in, we always want to trade back. Trading up never seems to work out. Didn't really work out this year in the NFL draft. Graham, what's your thoughts? Yeah, shout out to the Bears, man. They got the number one pick and they'll have probably the number four or number five pick. That whole like spot from four to 10 is like wide open. Bears are at four and eight and there's a bunch of teams like four and eight and four and seven. But yeah, they, they did a fantastic job. You know, they got a little, uh, they got a little hosed on the Chase Claypool trade, um, trading a basically the early never do that pick for Claypool. Uh, but they've recouped that really quickly here uh, with the Bears. Uh, just some takeaways for me, just kind of more fantasy related takeaways. We've got a bunch of running backs that came back this week. We had some injury news, uh, some you know, players that coming coming back from missing multiple weeks of injury. And last week there was a report that Rashad White uh, had a knee injury and he was going to uh, you know potentially be questionable for the game. There was literally no usage concerns uh, after after that game. He played 89% of the snaps, uh, came came back full bell cow workload. Obviously, Kyron Williams didn't get a full like snap share, but he just got loaded up with, with touches. Rams just blew out the Cardinals. Uh, by XFP, Kyron this week uh, was the fourth, uh, the fourth most valuable workload only behind Travis Etienne, Christian McCaffrey, and Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, Kyron, I think Jake, you and I were all over Kyron last week. We were you know, going to be on Kyron again this week. Uh, Britt, you know, we're going to talk running backs here in a little bit with the DFS show, but uh, Ramondre is coming off a season high workload. Same with Isaiah Pacheco and same with Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford last week, a little surprisingly, 70% snap share. Obviously, Kareem Hunt still getting uh, some carries there. Uh, the final one I had was Devin Singletary. Uh, obviously, we're waiting on Damian Pierce to come back this past week. Uh, he came back from an ankle injury, but only played like 11 snaps. Devin Singletary was on the field for 72% of the Texans pass plays last week. That was the th- fourth highest route share only behind Jameer Gibbs, Christian McCaffrey and Jerome Ford this past week. Uh, so even though Singletary, you know, kind of got shut out in the run game, great passing down usage. 
Um, you know, back half of the season, man, it's going to be a war of attrition. You know, you're just talking about it, Britt. This being a really bad week for for quarterbacks uh, with so many good teams out on by. You know, running back is is feeling the same way. And uh, at this point, you know, we're going to lose Jonathan Taylor this week. Uh, we're going to talk through Zach Moss for sure. It'll be Zach Moss chalk week. But yeah, running back is uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's always a war of attrition, but it's really going to start turning into that. We're going to see the highest ownership I think of any running back in yeah recent DFS history this week. And Dude, you, you were talking Kyron Williams. You know what's better than expected fantasy points? Actual, fantasy points, yeah, actual, <laughs> actual fantasy, fantasy points. points, and that dude balled out last week. Uh, Jake, what are a couple of your thoughts heading into week 13? Yeah, so I mean, Josh Downs is back to elite usage with Gardner Minshew. I think you know, people kind of forgot that Downs was playing hurt in his previous two games, but week 12, he had 12 targets, that was the third most on the week, and 20.1 expected fantasy points. That was the sixth best workload among wide receivers. Obviously, didn't turn it into many actual fantasy points, but that's a fantastic workload moving forward. In his four healthy games with Gardner Minshew, Downs is averaging 8.8 targets per game, 15.8 DraftKings fantasy points per game, and 15.9 expected fantasy points per game. Those are all top 12 marks. He's only 5,100 on DraftKings this week. Price is the wide receiver 24. That said, it is a tougher matchup. Tennessee funnels targets to the outside. But, I mean, Downs could just be a fantastic fantasy asset in the playoffs and down the stretch in DFS, given this outstanding volume. And, you know, he's going to project as a pretty strong value this week if, you know, he's going to be significantly higher on than Michael Pittman, which, again, you know, it's Tuesday. I, I really don't know if he will. Um, Pittman could be, you know, a great play in an outstanding matchup this week. And then also wanted to note, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is in the concussion protocol. So, you know, obviously grain of salt here. We aren't sure who's going to start for, for Cleveland on Sunday. But, man, David Njoku has been his guy so far. Among tight ends since uh, – Deshaun Watson went down in Joku's first and expected fantasy points per game, second and first read target share, first in targets and fourth in yardage market share among tight ends. So if DTR stays under center for the Browns, David and Joku is clearly underpriced for this week. And, you know, also similar to downs is going to be a great fantasy asset for the playoffs. I think the Joku's fine, whether it's DTR, whether Joe Flacco coming out of the woodwork, yeah, it's whether Flacco it's time, Walker baby. in there, one of the, None of those guys are throwing deep. So it's going to be yeah. real dump offs. And uh, I'm I'm firmly against Cleveland today. We'll talk about that in uh, <laughs> a, a later segment here. And it looks like people are uh, people are piling in on Cleveland because the line is moving in Cleveland's favor. Uh, just lets me get more money in on the Rams. Uh, all right, those were a couple of takeaways. Just in general, we like to you know just talk NFL and some players every week here at the start. Uh, let's get into the stand segment. This is uh, something we're going to take a stand on this week: sports betting DFS. Uh, I'm starting off uh, with two of them this week. The first is a matchup between the two, uh, what I would consider the best teams in the league. They're both in the NFC. The AFC is a total mess. I don't, I don't know if there's a good team in the AFC, uh, but there's definitely two probably in the NFC, maybe three. Uh, if you want to throw in, I think the Cowboys, uh, I've been down on the Lions. I think I've been right to be a little bit down on the Lions after they lose against Green Bay. And I am very, very, very firmly on one side in this game. I think this game could be uh, an absolute blowout. Uh, so we'll see what that is. And the other one is there's a game this week. I, I, I bet it Monday the lines moved a little bit uh, in the direction I thought it was going to. But I, I just can't believe you're able to wager American – it's almost like a, a promotion of free money from the sports books, in my opinion, that you're going to be able to bet one of these teams either on the money line and the spread in the situation they're in this week. Uh, really like the betting board this week. Uh, I've been having a good run both on the show, both at scores and odds uh, for the whole season. Uh, we'll talk about those in just a little bit. Jake, what are a couple stands you're looking to take this week? 
Yeah, I mean, we hinted at it a little bit during the takeaway section, but the best wide receiver in the NFL has the perfect matchup. And man, I mean, I'm I'm ready to play him in just about every lineup this week. Yeah, it's uh, hard. I mean, everyone's going to know who that's going to be. But we'll <laughs> drop his name in a little bit. Graham, what's uh, what's up your sleeve? Yeah, there's a there's a total that I'm taking an under on. Uh, we'll we'll get there in the betting section. Uh, and always excited to to listen to Britt's takes. He's been uh, riding hot the bets this year. Yeah, let's uh, we'll keep that rolling. Hopefully, I went went two and two last week. I feel like I let myself and everyone down on the show. It was a great week on scores and odds. Uh, if you wanted the full betting slate for me and everyone else over there, uh, but we'll uh, we'll we'll get it at least three and one is is what we're going for this week every week at least uh, for me. Uh, all right, let's go talk about the Sim Labs beta, uh, a new way to make lineups. Uh, the NFL lineup by building tool. Uh, Sim Labs, it's here. It's now with FanDuel compatibility. So if you were just playing on DraftKings, you can now use it at FanDuel. You can use Sim Labs to generate DFS lineups through the power of simulation. It combines data from every aspect of the slate to churn out lineups that match your preferences. And in a few clicks, you can have hundreds of well-built, correlated lineups ready to go for whatever contest type you're playing. Be sure to check out the link in our description for more info. While we're still free and still in beta, you can also go into the Roto-Grinders Discord. There is a uh, Sim Labs. Uh, channel on there if you want to ask any questions on it but uh, a new fun way to play around and line up hq we screen share that sometimes you know it can take hours to to really dial that in and in the sim labs you can just um it's pretty intuitive within five or ten minutes you can really have some amazing lineups uh, for your dfs uh all right let's get to some dfs talk and uh, jake probably on a tuesday has looked at more dfs than 99.9999999% of the world uh, yep. It's the early article uh, for Fantasy Points. Uh, I spent a good time Tuesday as well looking at it, but uh, Jake, I always like to get your thoughts first. What are we looking at this week? Yeah, so didn't know this when I wrote the article, but you know, obviously the big news, Jonathan Taylor probably out a couple weeks. Zach Moss, we have a three-game sample of him without Taylor, 84% snap share, 18 expected fantasy points per game, 18 DraftKings fantasy points per game. Those are all top six marks over the full season. I mean, like we said earlier, he could be the highest owned player we've seen on any main slate this season. Um, and then my stand, I mean, Tyreek Hill, he has the perfect matchup this week. Washington is the single softest schedule-adjusted matchup for opposing outside wide receivers on top of being a major pass funnel. Miami touts a slate high 30-point implied team total, and Tyreek Hill averages 33.3 DraftKings fantasy points per game this season in Miami's three games with an implied team total of 29 or higher. I mean, you could argue that he should be $1,500 more expensive on DraftKings, and there would probably still be great reasons to play him. That said, if the entire field is on him, I do think we can probably leverage these Miami running backs, especially if Devon Achan is back. We can talk about that a little bit more when we get into some of these uh, fantasy points tools in a bit. Um, we haven't seen any big games yet from Kyler Murray, but you know, we also can't forget what he's capable of. He scored over 30 DraftKings points in 19% of his career starts and stacking him is really easy. His stacking partners are cheap. We know Trey McBride is a great value. Uh, Greg Dortch is averaging eight targets per game in these games without Michael Wilson. Of course, if Michael Wilson comes back, he's also viable, but Marquise Brown had the second best workload, uh, measured by expected fantasy points of any pass catcher in week 12. He's pretty much a constant projected value. They they haven't moved his price 
um, you know, well beyond 5K on DraftKings this week, only 5.2K. Uh, on DK this week. And then on the Pittsburgh side, I think there, you know, there could be some interesting runbacks in this game. Jalen Warren, you know, we know he's hyper efficient, actually ended up being the third highest owned running back in the millionaire maker this week, but he's in a fantastic spot, has a great matchup against this Arizona run defense. I mean, Kyron Williams, every, every run he had last week was seemingly going for 10 yards plus. Um, and then Pat Fryermuth, uh, Scott noted that the Arizona coaches said that or the Pittsburgh coaches said that they, you know, they targeted him, targeted him quite a bit last week because they faced a lot of too high. Arizona runs the second highest rate of too high. So Firemuth, he's been priced up. You know, you could say that doesn't make him as palatable, especially as he was last week at 2.9K. But, you know, it's it's still interesting in the schematic matchup. And then a couple other quick notes. Uh, you know, you could argue for pretty much any San Francisco pass catcher or Christian McCaffrey against a Philadelphia run defense that's been by far the league's biggest pass funnel. But Brandon Ayuk has averaged 26 DraftKings fantasy points per game against top 12 pass funnels this year. And again, Philadelphia number one pass funnel, you know, and they're one of the few teams that can probably force San Francisco to get away from some of their run heavy tendencies. And final guy, Curtis Samuel, I think he's going to project as a pretty strong value this week, scored over 18 DraftKings points in three of his eight games where he wasn't injured or ejected. Terry McLaurin has done that once in 12 games. So, you know, if you're stacking Sam Howell, I think Curtis Samuel is probably the best way uh, to do it, at least from a, you know, projected fantasy points per dollar perspective. Of course, you could argue for Logan Thomas, Jahan Dotson, or even McLaurin. Um, but yeah, those are, those are just a few of my notes ahead of this DFS slate, which at least to me looks like a pretty good slate. Yeah, Samuel, the 41, and there's a lot of value plays this week at wide receiver. I think you're going to see a lot of, uh, I think Samuel's probably the cutoff, 4,100 and below. Uh, one of those to get the CMC, to get the Tyree kills into your lineups and things like that. Um, Graham, I want to expand uh, on the Zach Moss right here because everybody's going to be playing him at, what, 4,600 on DraftKings. What are, you know, all season long to start the season, at least to start the season, right? We were like, can't play running backs against Tennessee. They've been, they were so good. Um, but was that the, oh, He's, he's he was so bad. Who, who's the backup for the Chargers? Who, who did we donkey oh, play? Josh, Josh Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, Josh yeah. Kelly. Uh, do we, do we want to play Zach Moss against the Tennessee run defense? That was something we didn't do that earlier in the season. Is that something yeah. we can do now? Yeah, the Titans are just so it's one of those things where like by most metrics, the, their defense is still pretty solid against the run, but they've just been so bad offensively, specifically really bad on third downs. They just like don't hold the ball on offense and it just causes their defense to to play a ton i was looking into this just in terms of like bulk production uh last five weeks i mean colts have been absolutely shredded on the ground just bulk production wise um you know giving up 449 yards in the last four games uh, on the ground well over uh, four and a half yards per carry I, th this is just a much much better spot uh than uh, earlier in the year uh, I, and, you know, Moss volume wise, I mean, he's going to get all the touches here. I mean, the Colts have not had a second running back all year. I think you hit the nail on the head. He's just going to end up being uh, mega, mega chalk. Um, I think he'll be 75%. Then on FanDuel, like he'll, he might be 100% owned on FanDuel. He's like five, six over there. I was looking for the show. Uh, beyond Moss, though, um, you know, I think this looks like a good spot for Ramondre again. His volume has really started to come up. Uh, last week, 77% snap share, easily a season high. He had 26 touches, also a season high. And the last couple of weeks, he's gotten like all the goal line work, which is massively important this offense because the Patriots have like one or two if they're lucky red zone drives. 
uh, good spot up against the Chargers. Um, Brett, I wanted to maybe get your thoughts on on Patriots plus six. It's like the biggest hold your nose plays of all of all time. But I've been fading Chargers all year, and I, I feel like I've been right all year. So I got Chargers but, at four earlier. Oh, nice. Okay. And nice. at six, I'm I'm hesitant. No I'm, that's a, a no play for me. Yeah, new way at six. Four yeah. is very nice. Yeah, I got the four. You can get again. I tell people this, and on scores and odds, I try to post stuff Sunday night, Monday morning. Because by the by the time Sunday of the game actually comes around, the lines are relatively you know th- there's not a lot of edge left in those. But like you can get, I got Miami at minus seven; it's closer to minus ten. I got uh, a couple other bets I'll talk about swung in my favor uh, a little bit later. But yeah, try to look at it, and if you can just try to figure out on your own, hey, the Dolphins against Washington's getting blown out left and right, and I, I think this Miami offense is pretty good. Uh, it's just a touchdown. That seems like a good bet. It's not hard to figure these things out, at least to me from someone who just knows uh, a little bit of football, not to mention some people like these two right here that know a lot of football. Uh, you can really get yourself ahead of the lines if you take some early shots. You can't get you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars down. Um, you can get a, a couple hundred down on the early lines, no problem, to at least get uh, a, a little bit of edge on, on the closing line. Uh, for DFS, for me, we didn't really talk too much quarterback. Uh, Jake, what are we doing here? So like the, the perennial, Hey, where's Brock Purdy? He, he's way yeah. too cheap. That's still going on. He's just 6,100. Uh, it's a, it's against the Eagles. That looks pretty good. We've got Jalen hurts at the top at 8,200 against San Francisco. I think I'm going to take a pass on that, even though the rushing touchdown upside is so there, the San Francisco defense is pretty good. Um, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to be out on hurts and you've just got like the mid tier. You've got Kyler Murray against Pittsburgh. He's probably, Oh, it's probably about as much as I'd want to play for Kyler Murray. He's not really passing well. He has a rushing touchdown in every game. If that falls apart, now now you're getting up into the price point where he has to pass the ball good, and it just really isn't working out that well for him. But, you know, Brock Purdy, we've got Gardner Minshew. You mentioned Downs, Pittman. Pittman's at 70.5 on prize picks and underdog. That looks like a pretty good one to, to get the over on right now. Are you in the Purdy-Minshew tier? That's probably where I'm looking at, or do you like one of these higher-priced quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. I think I, you know, I really want to attack this Miami Washington game, but it's, you know, it's difficult with, you know, Tua hasn't shown this incredible ceiling this year. Obviously, he's priced up. Sam ha- Sam Howell has hit the 300-yard bonus plenty of times. He's shown a great floor, but at 6200, you know, it's it's a little tricky. Um I do think that we'll probably see pretty condensed quarterback ownership this week on like I said Howell uh, Tua, Purdy, and and probably Minshew as well, because he'll just project so well. Um, you know, you could, if you wanted to pay down and get a little contrarian, maybe roll with a guy like Baker Mayfield. Uh, Carolina pass defense has not been great this year, and you know he's been he's been a guy who's projected well week after week. Um, yeah, quarterback I think is pretty tricky this week though. Overall, um, yeah, I'd be lying if I said I figured it out. Uh, Graham, what do you think? It, it was Matt Canada all along. Kenny Pickett finally has a good game. We now we definitively know everything about the Steelers' offense now that he's gone. I'm I'm joking. We don't. Um, against Arizona, now that has been more of a run funnel, but I mean you could probably pass on them too. But I, I think Minshew's probably my cheap guy at Tennessee. Uh, I know everyone's on Moss. That'll give you a lot of leverage uh, off of off of Zach Moss. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Touchdowns come through the yep. passing game. I think that's yeah. a, a good way for me to start turning. Yeah, that's that's sharp. Minshew is, is definitely going to be sharp leverage this week. Uh, I think Brock is just the cash quarterback again, uh, especially at 6,100 on DraftKings. Just absolutely absurd. Um, you know, last couple of weeks, man, we've seen just cash cash teams just absolutely smashing and uh, some single field, uh, single entry stuff and small field tournaments. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I saw on FanDuel this week the guy who won the 555 for 10K. Uh, had an unstacked CJ Stroud team just hit the stone nuts with the cash team. <laughs> I think Brock we've kind of ta- we've talked about this, right? Yeah, Where it's just Brock it's sets so up that way this week. Yeah. It's so condensed. Are are we better at picking the plays, or is this just the NFL because it's, so many players have been hurt that we only yeah. have a couple of good offenses, and those are the players that are going to do good? There's because the coaches are now getting their best players of football. Yeah, it, it feels this, you know. It's Tuesday, but it definitely feels like this could be another like ownership condensed week where they just luckily there's some some really good running back plays. I think that'll spread it out a little bit uh, beyond Moss. But yeah, man, I, I think Birdie's just the the nuts at uh for cash. And I think you can make a tur- you know, you can always make a tournament argument for for Purdy, especially doubling him up. Uh, Eagles are so, so bad. I, I, the only other note I had uh, for. Uh, early look here is Debo is 6,200. He's 1K cheaper now than Ayuk. And I think that makes sense. Like in totality, Ayuk is the better receiver. He's getting open at will, but volume is still like not great uh, with any of these guys. Uh, obviously, Niners, Eagles should be a game that's massively, massively up in pace. Uh, and in the games that Debo has finished, like start to finish this year, he's been like insanely, insanely productive, giving us ceiling games of 22, 28, 22. Um, you know, basically the only games he's, you know, kind of been a dud was the one game against the Cardinals, but he had just sustained an injury before the week before. Uh, so Debo to me at 6,200 is like one receiver that, that does stand out. And again, for Purdy stacks makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, I want to go over a couple of the cheap wide receivers. So Jake already mentioned Curtis Samuel at 3,100 or 4,100 on DraftKings. Uh, you've got the new Orleans skeleton wide receiver crew of AT Perry and I mean, whoever else they decide to roll out here, but Perry's at least been getting play. He's 3,300. He might be their wide receiver one this week. Um, if Wilson's out for Arizona, you've got Greg Dorch, who's performed in back-to-back weeks. He's still just 3,700. Uh, if Noah Brown's back, uh, he was having massive games. He's 4,500. Uh, if you want to take a shot on the Panthers and turning it around, we're, we're, we're deep sleepers here. Jonathan Mingo's playing basically every snap. He's 3,300. Guyton's 3,300. How much is Josh Palmer if he if he ends up coming back? Because he's going to slot right in. Uh, I don't I don't see it on here. I have to pull. He's Josh Palmer's 3K. Yep. I mean, if he yep. comes back and and is ready to go, that's that. That looks really good. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of 3K wide receivers this week. 
That'll be a really interesting wrench with Palmer. I, there is, I read something that his injury was a lot worse than they thought, though. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, I'll try to find the report, but um, it sounded like they they might like shut him down for the season. We'll see though. I've, I have not. They need him back, <laughs> hey, dude, desperately because I mean Quentin Johnson just can't can't get open. Um, yeah, I I can't find it now, but yeah, basic basically, I mean they 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 can bring him back up this week, but they they still might not. Yeah, keep your eye on that one. But uh, I think there's going to be a lot of, hey, we've got Zach Moss. We've got a 3K wide receiver. Hey, we can get Tyreek Hill. We can get CMC. We can get all the players we want to play. I think that's going to be general roster construction, at least at first look. And I wanted to note, too, the weather, uh, it's Tuesday. There's a lot that can happen by Sunday. But it looks like there's going to be like some rain and some wind in basically every outdoor game from what I saw at first look. Uh, But we'll have to see how it all clears up. So just keep that in your back of your mind. I'm sure you'll hear it on shows and articles uh, throughout the week. Uh, okay, so that was a little bit of our DFS talk. Anyone else have any of that, or do you guys want to move to a couple of the tools uh, over at Fantasy Points? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So Jake wants to talk about uh, the O-line, D-line matchups. We haven't there, – there's been all these cool things, and you've got some of the uh, passing and wide receiver coverage coverages charts. They're still free. Am I correct, guys? Those are still free for everybody to go check them out. I'll flash them up on the screen for everybody. But uh, those are basically gold for digging through some of the most advanced matchup information you can get in terms of cover two, cover one, cover six, all that sort of fun stuff uh, right available for you for free on the Fantasy Points data tool. Uh, But, Jake, let's talk rush grade. Let's talk pass grade. What's looking good this week? What matchups are standing out on the tool? Yeah. So, you know, rush grade, this is just looking at a team's yards before contact per attempt, effectively how much push their offensive line is getting versus their opponents yards before contact per attempt allowed. I mean, obviously looking at this, Miami immediately stands out. Um, You know, like I noted during the DFS segment, the entire world's probably going to be on Tyreek Hill, probably also on to a plus Tyreek stack. So there could be some solid leverage available on these running backs in, you know, an amazing run blocking matchup. You know, we can't forget this is fantasy's most productive backfield this season. Um, you know, then we got Pitts, the Pittsburgh clocking in right behind them. We just saw them post their best offensive performance of the season by total yards. You know, and like I mentioned, Jalen Warren was highly owned last week. Why wouldn't we come back to him in an even better matchup this week? I mean, he's, you know, he's first in basically every running back efficiency stat as long as he set a qualifier that excludes Devon Achan. Um, so yeah, I think Jalen Warren could be an interesting play just based on this. And I know nobody wants to touch the game with a 34 total, but Atlanta does have a plus rushing matchup and the entire offense should run through Bijan Robinson against the Jets. I mean, the Jets pass defense has been incredible this season. They're the league's biggest run funnel over his last two games. And, you know, this just goes to show that his role is a lot more well-rounded, um, than it was earlier in the season. Bijan has earned 60% of backfield usage when Atlanta has the lead. In weeks one through nine, he only earned 34% of backfield usage when Atlanta was playing with the lead. So this is a much, you know, it's a better overall role for Bijan Robinson. I understand the game's pretty gross, but I, I do think there's, you know, merit to liking him in this spot. Um, and then, yeah, flipping over to the, the pass grade side of things. Um, my only my only major note here was that, you know, we didn't mention Jared Goff during the DFS segment. It might be a little easy to forget about him with, you know, a 
some other just clearly better spots with quarterbacks on this slate. But he should have all day to throw against the New Orleans defense that's lost Marshawn Lattimore to IR and ranks as the third softest schedule adjusted matchup for opposing quarterbacks since week five. So this is a pretty good spot for Goff, who I think, you know, might go a little overlooked just, you know, considering everything I've looked at through through the early look and all that. I, you know, there are other quarterbacks that jump out to people. Uh, got anything else you want to add in, Graham, from the from the O-line D-line tool? Love that golf call. Absolutely love the golf call. And I think the rush grade matchup might even be better for Miami because, you know, since Washington traded Montez Sweat and Chase Young, they've just been absolutely demolished. I mean, they're giving up like nearly six yards per carry to opposing running backs since they traded those two. Uh, I mean, Mostert has definitely looked a little slower. He's dealing with some ankle and knee injuries, but, you know, it's Tuesday. If he ends up being leveraged off of two and Tyreek, I mean, it's just it's an incredible spot for most yeah. or two. And especially if a Chan is, is a little limited coming back uh, from, an, you know, his kind of tweaked knee tweaks, the same knee um, man. I mean, it's, it's a good spot. You could honestly make a case for Jeff Wilson too. If, if a Chan sets, you know, again, we're kind of getting to the weeds there, but um, yeah. I mean, it is such a good spot for this Miami office. They have an implied total at 30 points. It's two and a half points higher than Dallas at 27 Point eight, and then it's nearly you know it's nearly five points higher than than Houston at twenty five five. So I mean it's just you know Miami's just going to be massive chalk this week. But even if we get Mostert at like eighteen to twenty percent as opposed to you know Tyreek and Tua being chalk, I think it still makes sense as leverage. Yeah, I want HN out so we can play. Yeah, Mostert, falling into the end zone. I mean, a little bit. Of, I don't. I don't think it's not going to be leveraged. It will be leverage off of Hill, but uh, I mean Mostert's still going to be owned pretty highly if. HN's yeah. Out. People won't forget about Mostert, but I do think, you know, his ownership would come down a little bit if, if A-Chan was active. And they've been very cautious with A-Chan as of yeah. late. So there is a scenario where he's active. They say he's a full go, but he is, you know, behind the scenes limited. Yeah. Yep. All right. So there's a couple of tools. Uh, if you want to check out uh, any of the other amazing things, they have the quarterback coverage matchup. Uh, if you want to look at uh, all the behind the scenes coverages and stuff like that for which quarterbacks might have the best matchup, it's free. Go check it out. Uh, easily like the best tool I think that's ever been created uh, trying to figure out things like this for DFS and sports betting. Uh, really good for checking out props and, and things like that as well if you're just a sports better. Uh, okay, so with that out of the way, uh, I need to tell you guys about the props and pick them package uh, over at Roto-Grinders. Speaking of sports betting, uh, you can check out the brand new props and pick them package. The experts on, at the Roto-Grinders projections team uh, take our premium stats and comb through the market for any inefficiencies. And through mid-November at NBA, NFL, and NHL, uh, it's up 38 units using our expert picks. Uh, using the model yourself, you can easily see which lines are off, where to find them, and how likely the prop will hit based on our tool. You can check out the link in the description for more info. Uh, if you want like spreads and all of that, too, uh, that's what I tend to focus on. You can go to just go to scores and odds. You can get all the picks for everything over there. But if you just want props and pick them, Things like underdog or just uh, to do player props, you can get that props and pick them tool at Roto Grinders. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, my favorite part of the show because with DFS, right, it's Tuesday. These guys get hurt in practice. There's weather. You never really know what's going to happen. So we try to do as best as we can on a Tuesday. Uh, but I don't know. I think there's a lot you can do in sports betting on Tuesday. So a couple of mine. I'm going to go to my two stands here first. Uh, so in that San Francisco Philadelphia game, uh, I'm all over the 49ers. This is without question one of the easiest spots of the week for me. You have the Eagles uh, coming back, what, off a – they basically played a whole entire quarter more. San Francisco played on Thanksgiving, so they have extra rest. And San Francisco had a brutal, like, rest 
Uh, like they, they've basically been getting screwed the whole season on rest. This is one of their few positive ones with Philadelphia coming off the overtime game. Jalen Hurts, he is, he's clearly not 100%. He's winging it and he's making it work, but he is, he's not Jalen Hurts from last season. Uh, they will get Lane Johnson back, which should help their offensive line. But the 49ers, they are, they're, they're healthy. They are a machine on offense. They can score on anybody. And I think their defense is going to be able to hold uh, Philadelphia pretty much in check in this one. Uh, so I really like San Francisco. You could have got them San Francisco plus money on the money line if you bet this on Sunday night or very early Monday morning. It's moved to like 145, 150, something like that. But I love the 49ers money line. The other stand I took, uh, which I teased as a game that I literally could not believe the line you got, uh, is the Falcons uh, against the Jets. Like t- it's Tim Boyle, guys, right? Like this guy is not an NFL quarterback. The Jets ha- can't move the ball. He's worse than Zach Wilson, as bad as Zach Wilson was. Uh, this is an absolutely ridiculous that you can get. Uh, I got it at minus one and a half. It's at minus two and a half now, and I know the total's low. But, I mean, there's really not a big difference between one and a half and two and a half in the NFL. It's basically a field goal. Uh, take the spread at two and a half. You can take the money line. Also, absolutely love these guys. And we saw the Falcons, right? They're getting... Who would have thought you get your best players the football and your team starts to do better? How hard is this to understand when you're playing with the best athletes uh, in the NFL? You get Bijan Robinson the football, Drake London's back. Now, I know it's a tough passing matchup, but he should be able to get a, a couple of passes as well from Ritter. Uh, really like the Falcons. They have a good defense. I mean, they're going to smother the, the Jets' pathetic offense in this one. So give me uh, those two very easily. I'll let someone else get in here. I got two more bets, too. Let's go to you, Graham. What are you looking at this week? Sure, yeah. I love the Falcons call. Anytime we've gotten a chance to bet against the Jets, it makes sense, and it makes even more sense now uh, for sure. I mean, their defense has just not been not been as good as build as of late, too. Uh, I have two early look bets I am looking at. Uh, this one was my stand. I'm, I'm taking under 46.5 for the Thursday night game. Uh, just a little bit too high of a total, in my opinion, uh, just looking at some of the advanced metrics, I mean, Seattle's offense has really just kind of crashed down back to earth last couple of weeks. Geno's playing through an injury, and they had to play. Obviously, both teams had to play on Thursday last week. Kind of a short-ish week turnaround for Seattle. No Ken Walker. Um, again, Dallas's defense has been great. This this one is a it's. I think it's this high just because Dallas has been so good at home. But I mean, across the board, unders are you know hitting at sixty two percent rate this season. Obviously, you know, prime time you know, night game Thursday night unders have been hitting. At a high rate too, uh, 46 and a half seemed a little high to me. And I also like Colts at one. This this opened one and a half. Uh, it's come back down to, to one. I'm taking Colts. Uh, they're three and a go three and zero oh against the spread as a favorite this year. I think we've been on Colts like every single week mm-hmm. uh, this this season. I think it makes sense. Uh, you know, I think Will Levis long term. You know, Titans have you know a chance to to build around it for 2024, but. They got to fix this offensive line because Levis is getting pressured at the league's highest rate in his starts. Obviously, Colts front seven isn't great, but I mean this this Titans offensive line is just so bad. Uh, I think you know Colts will just come out and try to smother the run game as every team is doing. Uh, this game is going to be a really slow paced game, but I do like the Colts to win. Uh, so I took them at one. You can play the money line too if you want to go that way too. Yeah, I'm getting in on this one. I've been on the Colts for a while. Uh, With the Jonathan Taylor news, I was hoping it would come down. I didn't have enough time to get in it yet. It went from two to one. From Jonathan Taylor to Zach Moss, like Zach Moss has been just as good as Jonathan Taylor in terms of like uh, basically everything this year. So I I don't know if Jonathan Taylor is really worth it. So the minus one for sure going to follow you in on that one. Uh, Jake, what are you looking at? 
Yeah, I got a pair of props for Thursday night. Uh, love Jackson Smith and Jigba over 38 and a half receiving yards over on FanDuel. He's gone over 40 in four straight games. He's finally running routes downfield. 9.0 average depth of target over his last four. In the first five or six weeks of the season, he was at like a 2.5 average depth of target. I mean, they were not giving him downfield routes. So this is, this is a totally new role for, for JSN. And I don't think... Um, betting lines have totally adjusted to that. And Seattle's going to be forced to throw a ton here to keep up. You look across the board, pretty much everyone's at 40 and a half. Uh, so FanDuel's lagging behind a little bit with their 38 and a half. Then I also have Pollard, Tony Pollard, over 59 and a half rushing yards. That's also over on FanDuel. Seattle has been a major run funnel as of late. Their secondary has been playing well. Very weak uh, schedule adjusted matchup for opposing running backs over the last five games. And Tony Pollard is finally looking like the guy we expected to see when the season started finally ripping off some of those longer runs finally breaking some tackles like i said you know you look across the board pretty much everyone's at 60 61 and a half some of the sharper books have 62 so 59 and a half is uh is a spot that i really like here for tony pollard all right so you get both of those on FanDuel. like those i'll get in those in just a second uh but i gotta finish talking uh grant graham you were saying war of attrition right and that stood out to me in terms of injuries for teams this you know heading into this late in the season you gotta pay attention to some injuries. So there's two teams uh, I'm taking facing teams that are very much injured right now. The first is the Detroit Lions, literally the Saints. They, they were already without Marcus uh, Lattimore on defense, and they're literally going to lose. You could lose Chris Olave. You could lose Michael Thomas, or you could lose Rashid Shaheed, and it's not going to have a big difference on the offense, maybe a little bit. But if you lose all three of your starting wide receivers in the NFL, it's going to hurt, right? And the Lions, I think we're, we're getting to buy them low after the bad performance against Green Bay. And uh, Green Bay was able to pass. I think they got a little bit lucky in that game, uh, but they they deserve the win. But I think the Lions bounce back here against the Saints, especially how do you beat the Lions? You pass on them. Uh, if you have no wide receivers that are NFL caliber, really, uh, a, a lot harder to do that when you don't have a really good player. So I really like the Lions minus four. And I think the last one I'm on here, let's see, is the Rams. People are betting this against me. Not a good idea, people. Uh, the Rams, I got them at minus four and a half. It's now down to three and a half. Uh, so I have doubled down on that personally uh, at three and a half. If it goes to three, I'll triple down on it, right? That's how I do is it, it works against me. Uh, as long as my thought process remains clear, I'll do it. Uh, but the Browns, right? No quarterback. DTR is bad, right? So like if you have to go to Joe Flacco off the streets or back to PJ Walker, I think that's still a downgrade uh, if you ask me. And then you're also going to you're gonna lose what? Miles Garrett? That's definitely a downgrade. You're going to lose maybe Amari Cooper, who might be a little banged up. We'll have to see how that plays out. But there are two teams in opposite directions. The Browns, they have – they're nothing to they, – the players know this. It's over, right? They have nothing to play for. They had high hopes going into the season. It's done. All their players are hurt. The quarterback's out. Their star defensive ends out. They're getting blown out right now by, uh, like, horrible teams. They're getting run all over, which is really bad for the Browns. They were really strong at the start of the year. Uh, teams are running all over them over the past couple of games. Uh, so I really like the Rams in this one. You've got Cup. You've got Puka Nakua if they even need to pass to him because you've got MVP uh, Kyron Williams coming in and ready to blast the Browns for another 100-plus yards and get all the actual and expected fantasy points this week. So I like the Rams at home. <laughs> Browns uh, not really buying them. They're a team uh, on the outs, and I'm liking to buy uh, the upswing Rams in this one. So what do you think of those? Anyone have any thoughts? These teams that get injured – just so horribly at the end of the season. I want to try to get money against them, especially when you have healthy teams like the Lions and the Rams playing against them. 
Yeah, Sharp. Yeah, and Denzel Ward, I think, is going to miss this game too. I think he, they actually might have put him on IR. I, I might have missed that, but um, it's it's over for the Browns. I mean, I don't I don't understand who who out there is betting the Browns. I appreciate them, but I, I just I could not make a reason in my head to want to bet the Browns. In this maybe game. their defense is bad. Maybe the books have some inf- inside info that Miles Garrett's injury isn't as bad as we think. Maybe that's the only thing that, that would make. Or maybe sense. they know that Joe Flacco is starting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't <laughs> Joe know. Joe Flacco about. is elite. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that rounds out uh, a couple of the sports bets of mine. Falcons money line, 49ers money line, Rams three and a half you can get now, and Lions minus four. Uh, for those of you that can't get all of the sports betting, uh, we like to mix it up in the fantasy pick them. I know Jake just gave some props. You can probably find those on underdog or prize picks or whatever you want to use as well. Uh, but let's talk a couple that we're on. Uh, I guess, uh, let's see, Jake, it looks like you're, you've got a couple here. We're on the same one, so let's just get this out of the way. <laughs> Let's go Miami. Let's go Tua. Let's go Tyreek Hill. I don't care what the number is. We're taking the over, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I noted that this is the perfect schedule adjusted matchup for Tyreek Hill. It's also the perfect schedule adjusted matchup for Tua. So, I mean, the secondary is a disaster. This defense is a disaster. They have no pass rush. Uh, You know, the Miami implied team total is 30 points. I think you're going to be uh, you're going to want to be all over this, this Miami passing attack and probably the rushing attack too, but it doesn't seem like those props are out yet. And then I had another one that really stood out to me. I, I think when this comes out on sports books, it's going to be at least 12 or 15 yards higher, but Brock Purdy over 248 uh, and a half passing yards. He averages 300 and, uh, 331 passing yards per game against top seven pass funnels. Like I noted earlier, Philadelphia is the number one pass funnel in the league. And he's cleared 249 in seven of 11 games this year. I mean, this is a fantastic prop to bet. If you can get anything close to 248 when it comes out on sports books, I would hammer the over there. And yeah, pick em sites are just making a big mistake uh, pushing Brock Purdy's prop out this low. Yeah, I can certainly get behind that one. So I also, we did this uh, unknowingly, but I'm also on the Tyreek Hill to a stack. It just seems so obvious this week. Uh, get those. You don't get the ding from like a same game parlay as you would on like FanDuel. Uh, if you, you know, the uh, fantasy pick them sites, uh, they don't really ding you on that. So you're able to get that in at full value. And the one I'm liking, uh, I believe this was on underdog, uh, is Kyron Williams over 56 and a half rush yards. What, like, what is this line? The, uh, I, I checked the, the game logs and they are indeed correct. Uh, 172 yards the Browns gave up uh, against uh, last week and 172 yards rushing to the Steelers the week before. This is not the Browns' defense we saw earlier in the year that was stopping everybody. This The, the team has quit. They know it's over. They don't care anymore. They're out a bunch of players. You're going to be able to run all over the Browns. You're going to be able to maybe not pass on them as much, but like Kyron Williams comes back, gets all the work, has a huge day, and underdog sets it at 56 and a half. Way, way, way too low in my opinion. That's my I, I've mixed that into basically everything I've put on underdog so far. I think that that number is so far off from what's actually going to come out from sports books. Uh, so Kyron Williams, 56 and a half against the Browns. Uh, goes good with my Rams bet as well. Uh, but that one looks really off. And then uh, obviously you mix in the two uh, Tyreek overs. When Waddle comes, I what's like Tua's floor is like 250 and his line's at what 270 something. Like it's just, it's so close to what I would think would be a floor game for Tua based on how every quarterback is throwing against Washington. Uh, Absolutely love that. Graham, do you have any thoughts? 
Yeah, no, love that. Uh, I mean, two has gone over 240 in every game, but two uh, against the Eagles and Chiefs, I think, were the two games he hasn't smashed on. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, any anything you can build around Tua and, and any of those correlated uh, picks, like you were saying, you just get absolutely nuked on FanDuel and, and DraftKings now trying to build some correlated uh, same-game parlays. So, you know, if you're not getting killed over in price picks, it's a good spot to do it there. Yeah, I like that. So that's going to do it for week 13. Uh, I didn't mention to my co-host, I will not be here next week. I'm back to the, the house of the mouse for uh, another Disney World vacation. Hey, uh, so enjoy. I think, Dean, I think Dean will be back for you guys next week. I have not confirmed, but Dean typically fills in for me. So you guys get uh, another week with Dean. You can report back. Was it good? Was it bad? Uh, you can. You don't have not on air. You can do it in, in private. If no, I'm just kidding. We all love. Dean. It was you know? awful. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, I'll be gone next week. I'll if I now there is sports betting. You have there. The Hard Rock is available in Florida. So I yes, will it still is. Be able to get that in. So I will try to phone in uh, a better two uh, from down there and put it on the sheet for you guys. Uh, but uh, yeah, be tuned. Uh, it looks like Dean probably in for you next week. Other than that, guys. Uh, have fun. I'll personally see you for the week 15 show. Uh, these guys will be back with Dean for week 14. Other than that, good luck in all your games this week, guys. For Graham and Jake, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, and we out you.